Jesus. That was a brutal one. A brutal good, brutal bad. It depends on your fantasy team. Depends on your favorite team. Depends on a lot of things. But whatever kind of week it was for you, ball back football has your back. I got your back, and my buddy Keegan's got your back. Say hi, Keegan. Hello. Guys, we are so excited to get into another week of football. So let's, let's not waste any time. Let's not give any more previews. Let's just get started right here on Fallback Football. Hello, hello. Bonjour, Monsieur Capitaine. I don't know why I'm feeling a little French today. I just, uh, you know, I got a little, got a little uh, flair in me today. We like, to what it is. we like to get international. We appreciate all the, all the nationalities, including, you know, the European ones and all the other ones. Yeah, all the other ones. I didn't see them in my history books, but I'm sure they're out there. Yeah, uh, those were uh, redacted. Redacted. <laughs> But we have heard rumors. Well, in case you guys didn't know, we both went to high school in Texas. So that's what happened. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. The NFL is international because they went to London. This is where if we could play licensed music, we would drop the London featuring Travis Scott, J. Cole, and all those folks. And it'd be like, bam, bam. Can't meet me in London. Yeah, see, that'd be great, but we can't because everything's hell and music is obviously not meant to be shared, but instead to be kept close and private for a large profit by a large corporation. Anyway, um, so yeah, so the, 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 they went to London. Well, first of all, first of all, I mean, Thursday night. Yeah, we got to do Thursday night first. That's true. That happened. Uh, Thursday comes before Sunday, Connor. Everybody knows that. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen. Don't throw, throw it around accusations that I don't know that. Everybody I do. knows. And you don't need to be lecturing me about it because we all knew that from Jump Street. <laughs> Jump Street. All right. There you go. There you go. New sponsor. A movie. A new sponsor is a movie. I like that. So, yeah. Thursday night. Uh... You know, what do what do you what do you what do you want to say? Well, here's the thing that I want to say. I mean, first of all, this is how it ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. Ending the Pete Carroll tenure right about here seems like a good place to do. Like, here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. Okay, and I'm not saying like, oh, Pete Carroll should be fired. Pete Carroll's going to be fired. That's obviously not going to happen. He's basically owns the franchise now. So I'm not saying that as like, a, oh, get him out of here, or that he did something terribly wrong in this game. I'm just saying that this is the times have passed Pete Carroll by, you know? And he had his era, and he had his Legion of Boom, and, you know, they could have had more of an opportunity to take advantage of it, uh, you know, but, you know, they blew they blew that Super Bowl, you know, because they should have handed it to Marshawn Lynch, obviously, but, you know, they had to make Russell Wilson look good because Russell Wilson was a late-round pick, and... Once again, there you go with arrogance, losing arrogance and thinking about yourself and losing you a Super Bowl. But, you know, whatever, it's fine. But I just think that this is this this is a real signal of that. You know, I mean, Matt Stafford, frankly, you know, hasn't been on point the last few weeks. Right. So you look at you look at the scoreline, you see 25, 37, 365, a touchdown to pick. And you probably think that, you know, good, good day. Right. Good, good day overall. But I mean, that, you know, 
cases, he got a lot of wide open receivers missed. You got a lot of situations where if there was a more, you know, intimidating offense on the Seattle side, you know, you would they would be able to take advantage. This is a 26-17 win for the Rams that really should have been a 40-17 to win for the Rams. And I, 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 I think there's a double whammy of, okay, so you're the legion of boom, supposedly, and your defense is so bad that someone with half a finger – is putting up 26 points, right? Okay. As poor as Matt Stafford's playing. We right? all know it hasn't been the Legion of Boom for a long, long time. But the point being that Pete Carroll is supposed to be a defensive coach at his core, right? Which and is so- hilarious because their defense has been absolutely fucking bottom of the barrel for like all of recent memory at this point. Well, exactly. But and so, but it's a double-edged sword too because it's the defense is not there to Pete Carroll's standard. And also you have Russell Wilson and you're scoring 17 points. Now I love Chris no. Carson. Chris Carson shouldn't be in. Chris Carson shouldn't have just like shut down that offense. You know what I'm saying? Like, there were plenty of great players. There was you was every opportunity to get the ball. DK Metcalf. But first of all, Alex Collins didn't even. Look Alex that Collins did great. Say anyway, that. I was gonna say Alex Collins is a fine rusher. I mean, I know I wasn't even okay, trying to say. If you look like at that. the final score line, it says 15 for 47. So that's not actually that great efficiency wise. But they were getting stood up. I mean. The Rams front is among the best in the league. It's, yeah, so it's 26-17 is a little bit deceptive too, right? Like the, the Rams pretty much owned this shit from the second half on. Uh, it, it seems closer than it actually is because the, I mean, Russell went out, what, the end of the first quarter pretty much or um, the end of the second quarter? Yeah, so I, yeah, so I think, I mean, at that point, I, at that point, even though you knew it was over, it's still one of those things where it's like, at that point, there should have there, there, there always had to be more explosive. This is meant to be a more encompassing point overall. In this specific game, they get the excuse of Russell left. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, so he left with just a devastating-looking finger injury. If you go back and watch the replay, it's it's very gruesome, actually. Even though it's a finger, like you don't think of that as being kind of one of the – I mean, they're very fragile, obviously. But you don't think of it as being a, sort of a major pain point, like a like a shoulder or a knee – you know, or a, or a hip or a groin, but it, I mean, it, so it was apparently shattered like the tendon um, in his finger when he, he, so he was passing forward and, and an O-lineman stuck his arm over the line and Russell's throwing motion basically jammed his finger into this uh, arm. And uh, he was, he was on the sidelines, like trying to tape it up, like trying to like try a couple of different things out and take a couple practice throws into the net. And he was just not having it. He was wincing in pain. It looked terrible. And now they're saying he needs surgery and he's going to be out till, I mean, they're saying he's going to be out till week 10. I'm thinking, I'm thinking longer. I, I, I'm thinking at that point, well, it really depends the record Gino has, how if they want to rush him back or not. Because if he's keeping him to a good record, well, of course, then you could argue if he's keeping them to a good record, he might want to keep him in because he's obviously doing well. But if the season's lost, then you probably just give Russell Wilson the rest of the season. And if I'm Russell Wilson at this point, I mean, I know this wasn't specifically kind of, it wasn't, we all know Russell's biggest concern is that he's the most sacked quarterback in the league since he came in in 2012 and he has not been injured at all really up until now I mean, he's had little things here and there but he's never missed a full game I don't think um so this is a little bit uncommon but and so even though this was a throwing motion kind of injury and not something that was specifically caused by him sort of having to run for his life when the o-line coverage broke down 
I still think this might be, like you're saying, a great opportunity if he just just sit out the rest of the season, let yourself recover. Everyone's going to know that it wasn't your fault and that you're still great and you're going to hit next year and you beg them to trade you. And I, and I think you're right. I think Pete Carroll is going to live on in Seattle the way that Bill Belichick lives on in New England. But I don't, I don't think, I think that situation altogether is getting pretty toxic and this might just be the last straw and just kind of an easy opportunity for everyone involved to just go, you know what? No hard feelings. It wasn't about the play. It wasn't about the football freak injury. I don't know. What can I say? You know, let's just move on with it. And if I were the, Oh yeah. I was just going to say, if I were the Seahawks, uh, apparently they're maybe going to just start Gino, but I would not do that. I would go get a quarterback. I mean, if this is a, this is a fan base that expects to win this year. And especially if you think you might have Russell back for the playoffs, like, go get yourself cam newton free agent cam newton i think that's a perfect fit right now and i don't understand why they're going to roll with gino who while he did have one good drive in that game like we all saw him take over the ball and he go, went down the field and scored the touchdown but he wasn't going to get them a comeback you know i mean he threw a pick immediately you could argue it wasn't his fault because i think tyler lockett just tripped but he's not going to be the type of guy that's going to take you through this ridiculously tough division and go toe to toe with Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford and, and, and win and come back in the fourth quarter, win in overtime with miracles, you know, I mean, that's. Yeah. That's the point too, is like, what do we always talk? What do I, I talk about this with Josh Allen all the time, who we will get to, I mean, but you know, but we will get to for sure. But I mean, just like, there's you yeah you can have like Geno Smith can get you some wins right can do the right make the right plays and with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and all these weapons can you know make something happen but when you come to the big games against the Matthew Staffords and the Kyler Murrays Geno Smith there has no shot right and this and this was a clear example of that right and so yeah I mean listen I I think that the thing about Pete Carroll and this is always this is the thing about him that gives him more power and frankly why I think Pete Carroll has been fired multiple times and landed on his feet just fine. Players, coaches, which I think is fair, players, coaches just get more leeway. Like if you're Bill Belichick, like the second you're bad, why would I want you why would I want you to be my coach? You know what I mean? Like you're just an asshole and the only thing that's good about you is that you win, right? So it's like at what so like you know what I mean? So the tolerance for so they're ready to like as soon as like as soon as you suck, that's why you had to give John Gruden a 10-year contract. Because at this point, with all the stuff that's going on with him and with how they're, like, falling apart, it's one of these things where it's like, this is a great opportunity right here. You know what I'm saying? Where if, if with John Gruden being kind of a, known as kind of a dick as a coach, right, it's like, oh, a good opportunity to – you know what I mean? Like, they're looking for that opportunity around the corner to get a guy who's not as much of a – who's a kind of a dick. And a guy like Pete Carroll – at least gets more leeway because you're not looking around every freaking bend. But also at the same time, a lot of people say that it can like, you know, he, he can be the he can be the other way to, he can be a problem the other way in the sense of he's so rah rah that he feels that he is like a college coach. And it's like, yeah, if someone was going up to me and be like, all right, we gotta get revved up, boys, we gotta get, you know what I mean? At some point, I'd be like, all right, relax, dude. It, I'm, I'm this age and that age, especially getting into your, your 30s, get to be older than us. I'd be like. All right, relax. Yeah, I'm. Well, I don't know about that. I think that might be kind of fun. I mean, at work, like, I I just think 
here's what I depends. always... Depends. If you're winning, it's good. If you're losing, it's bad. That's what I... Well, I just think I when people say, oh, Pete Carroll, he's a, he's a player manager, he's a player's coach. Like, he's, he's the Mr. Nice Guy, and he's creating an atmosphere, and yeah, they get a lot of penalties, and they don't play perfect football, but and they're all like happy and they have chemistry like okay fair enough that's all true but you know what you know who else is a player's coach and a really good manager and runs up and down the field sprinting and for joy and and hugging his players when they get touchdowns sean McVay. you know what else there i would say about sean McVay is he's a way better fucking coach like he's got better plays better schemes he has better play calling in game um and I think he builds teams with more purpose, and, and and he's a better drafter, even though he doesn't even use the draft that often. Like I think he's just better all around. So, and he's very nice. So it's not like you have to be partially shitty to be nice. That's like a misnomer, I think. Well, that's that's the other thing that's always true. And I'm I'm always a Sean McVay, Bruce Arians, Sean Payton type of guy versus a Bill Belichick. Like every time, I think fifteen out of ten times, it just works out better that way. And Bill Belichick is. The only, really, the only winner of that type of thing is Bill Belichick because he had Tom Brady. Like, Tom Coughlin, it's well known that he had to, like, compromise himself and pull back on the whole deme- on that whole, like, tough guy demeanor to win the Super Bowl that he did. Like, that's always well reported. Like, you know, Andy Reid was a bit of a stiffer guy and he's become chiller, right? And yeah, I have heard that too because I think of Andy, Re- I would think of Andy Reid and Bruce Arians kind of in that Bill Belichick school of of toughness honestly but i i definitely well, but like honest it's leadership. honesty but still like like i don't think that bruce arians like makes you run extra laps you know what i mean like bruce arians will just be a dick will just be, he's but he's just like it's honest and it's transparent There's, that's a different type of thing right i think that maybe like he'll be he'll be a dick to tom brady but he wouldn't just be like like he'll just say things that are objectively true and you'll be like maybe you didn't have to say that in the media right but right. i do think there but i don't think bruce arians would be like all right we're running extra seven on sevens today right or fuck you we're doing this or that he would just well, be he, like he pl- punishes running backs for fumbling the same way belichick does i'll say that much i i but i i don't know i like i'm trying to find this new i'm trying to explain the nuance that i have here because i feel like that's di- uh, that's different like i feel like that's no like... i think honesty is right I, that's that you n- nailed it on the head that bill belichick's operating from a place of complete um opacity i, I guess is what you'd call it the lack of transparency right and and that that Bruce Arians is like tough, but he's still like like he's honest about his intentions, and he's like, "I'm mad at you, so I'm benching you." Whereas Bill Belichick's just gonna go sit over there, and you're just well. Like, I just think if, if if you suck, Bruce Arians will be annoying, but if you're good, Bruce Arians will be fun. And Bill Belichick sucks either way. Yeah, yep. basically the, the yep. easier way to put it. I mean, I think that's part of. I think Tom Brady just wanted somebody to say good job. That's it's very well reported, which yeah. listen, so do I, bro. I'm at my job and I'm like, dude, I want to be told nice job. You oh, know, I totally same agree. Words of affirmation, you know? And they're not that hard. Bro, that's the thing too. The other thing that I always say for someone like this, that's a Bill Belichick type of person, is you know, if you're a positive guy, the standards are high for how much you have. You know what I mean? Like if you're Bill Belichick, all you have to do is say, nice job. And everyone will be like, Whoa, thanks. And that'll carry totally. someone for a month and a half because you're Bill Belichick. Like, that's what I always want to convey to someone like that is, like, if this is your personality, it's an advantage. You have to do, like, one nice thing a month. And everyone's like, whoa, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, those pos- these positive people have to be positive 24. It's like, you know, how they have that joke, I think, on SNL about, like, Ellen had to, like, 
dance all the time and then she fucking hated it it started yeah. out as a fun thing and then she hated it it's the same thing it's like i feel like if you're positive if you're positive and upbeat like pete carroll all the time eventually you're like oh my god i can be positive and upbeat all the time <laughs> but, but if you're pete Bill carroll Belgian, just like snorting coke in the bathroom to just exactly. up that demeanor and he's just like all right time for the show time for the show <laughs> who's ready there. It's like, and then so- he walks in and he's like Sometimes it's hard to get it up. <laughs> Do you know the video after he drafted ZK Metcalf where he was he took off his shirt and he walked in and they were both shirtless? They like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> it was just like that's such a moment. Like you just edit in like a P. Carroll in a wig snorting coke in the bathroom and then show that clip. Um but yeah, so let's move on from this. We've been on this game for a while. But anyway, Rams looking good. I, I think they kind of just got away with one here because I think we all knew this was going to be a shootout in the fourth quarter and the Seahawks just didn't really get their shot because Russell wasn't there. So I would say asterisk on this game. And, you know, hopefully the Seahawks can maintain a reasonable record here going forward until Russell gets back. It doesn't look like they have – I mean, they have a really tough division, but they get to play – the Jags and the Texans in the next couple of weeks, you know, the bears uh, in a while, even Russell might be back for that. Um, But yeah, in between it's the Packers, the Cardinals, Washington, the Niners and the saints. And those are all tough teams um, to beat. So this is going to be an interesting narrative to, to watch play out. Maybe Geno Smith is the next uh, uh, Nick Foles. Yeah. That metaphor kind of works. Well, to me, I'll just I'll just say it like this, right? And obviously, there was the Robert Woods factor that they started incorporating him a lot more. And I do think that's more important because then you get to the point where it's not like you can just shut out Cooper Cup and everything's over. But I would say this: I feel like the Rams played fundamentally pretty similar games in Seattle and in Arizona, like the last two weeks, except the one except Arizona, a quality team. Who's who's quarterback stayed healthy to be fair, but like also like a quality team that's going to take advantage of the their misses and mistakes. Arizona beat them by seventeen. It's like well you got to beat that team because you're supposed to be a Super Bowl or bust team, and you're losing to that team and you're and you're not even the best team in your division right now. Yeah. So I would just say while the like the Rams better not feel good about that game because to me that was that was frankly I'm putting up the red flag on the L.A. Rams because. We got very excited about the Stafford thing. And right now, it's right now. Here's the thing. Oh, he's injured. Oh, he's injured. Matthew Stafford is always injured. You have to evaluate him how he plays when he's injured because he's always injured. There was an entire year in Detroit where he played 16 games with a broken back. Like, what? Yeah, and and props to him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even dream of it. So good for him. I wouldn't even dream of it, and I couldn't oh, even if I wanted to. He's so a fair enough. guy, but nobody. But he's still human. So it's like it's going yeah. to affect you in some way. But the, and that's the thing. So if that finger is going to be like that, and it's going to linger all season, which it seems like it is, I'll tell you something. He ain't, he ain't been in Arizona. He ain't, and that means he ain't winning the Super Bowl. And that means this. That means you're probably losing the first round, and that mm-hmm. is not going to be good enough. For what they did this offseason. I mean, the amount they spent on this team. And this team, by the way, yeah, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Cam Akers when he's he's around. These are all stars. But, oof, they're not, other than Cam, 
who is you know a, would be a second year if he were playing like none of these guys are super young right like um robert woods and cooper cup are are nearing 30 uh jalen ramsey's nearing 30 aaron donald's over 30 so i mean and and matt stafford's 32 33 so you gotta this team might have seven good years left in it might also have two so you really gotta play for everything every single year and yeah i mean i i i've been saying the whole time i thought this was an experiment go back and check the tapes you know Check um, uh, an experiment that was going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. And we'll just see if they're up or down when the playoffs come around. Honestly, like it's kind of a shot in the dark, but we've been doing this for a while. Let's, let's talk about. And also we can do 10. I feel like we do 10 seconds on this next one. Yeah. Let's talk about the Jets and the Falcons. They played in London. Anyway, let's talk about the Packers and the oh, Falcons. Yeah, Falcons won. That's it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> also shout out, shout quick shout out though. To Cordero, Patterson. Cordero Patterson, who is awesome. He's basically the entire offense, except Kyle, my boy Kyle Pitts finally paid off for me. So I'm very happy to see that. Oh, yeah. They have big a bye week. It's big breakout game with Ridley uh, uh, missing the game for personal reasons. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, you know, listen, I not much to say about it besides that. Two terrible teams. But at least, you know, listen, if you're I've been screaming, but I thought it was a silly decision to take Kyle Pitts that high. I don't think it's a silly decision overall. I just think if you're the Falcons, when you're clearly not going to win the Super Bowl or come anywhere close, like that, I like I said a million times on this podcast that he should be a Cardinal right now. And imagine if he was a fucking Cardinal right well, now. Well, the, the Cardinals are now Sands tight end because Max Williams uh, it, it suffered a season-ending injury. Mm, interesting. That's so why they, we listen. To, that's why we listen to Connor, folks. I but, think you might you might see a trade uh, in the coming weeks. I think you might want to look at. Uh, is Eric Ebron healthy right now? Because he's in Pittsburgh, and Pat Fryermuth has taken the lion's share of the uh, tight end snaps out Ooh. there. So that might be an interesting uh, trade target for them. It's a good They're trade dope. candidate. And frankly, if you want to find other trade candidates for the for the trade deadline, then you should go look up the highlights of this game because you'll uh, see all sorts of players that'll be available to all i bet i bet you cordell patterson makes it onto a playoff team i hope he does okay so can we talk about this for a second before we move on from this game which i definitely oh, here we go. <laughs> why has nobody else found a way to make to get this production from cordell patterson because i uh, so let me tell you cordell patterson former patriot i'm a huge fan um he was on the bears after that huge fan of him there uh, mostly return man, uh, a little bit of backfield work when other people were injured. Um, he went to work uh, in the backfield in Chicago here and there. Um, you know, Tariq Cohn was missing time. He filled that role a little bit. Um, and, and But mostly just returns. And, and he is a stellar return man. I mean, his speed, his athleticism, his um, acceleration – is just devastating it's just on another level so we everyone always knew that he was an amazing special teams player but man this guy is is uh looks like one of the best wide receivers and one of the best running backs in the league every single game and so many teams have had him on their roster and just just let him wash by you know what happened there well, see, so like I'm, I'm looking through his history as we're as you're saying this, right? 
So again, Vikings, like I'm looking for example, I think I, cause I think the answer has just been lack of opportunity. Like this is the first time that he's just clearly the best. Like we, we knew the Mike Davis thing was a joke. Apparently Atlanta didn't, but everyone else, but Atlanta knew that the Mike Davis thing was a joke. And so they're, they're like, Oh, well, I guess he's the best player on our team. So I guess we have to use like, like so for, Mike like, Davis so, came in for Christian McCaffrey last year. And they were like, Oh my God, we could sign almost Christian McCaffrey. No, 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 no. You, you signed his backup. That's not the same thing. See, like, and again, this is an example, right? So if you look, like, like 2017, he was he was playing for the Raiders. He signed a two-year, $8.5 million deal, and they had Crabtree, they had Cooper. But other than that, I mean, it's Crabtree, older Crabtree, not so great. Amari Cooper is still young, still having his drop problems. Seth Roberts, whatever. Johnny Holton, whatever. Like, that's the position unit, right? And yet somehow you're talking about one rush for five, one rush for five yards and one reception, and you're the kickoff returner, right? And then he gets three carries for 57 yards, including a 43-yard touchdown in the in week two. And then the next time you hear about him is during week six. He had a 47-yard rush. It's like, well, wait a minute, wait, wait a so minute, three carries for 57 yards. Game, he's excellent. That's insane. And we're talking about 31 rece- 2017, 31 receptions for 309 yards, 13 carries for 121 yards, 19 returns, 530 yards. On, on kick returns. And that, that then he goes to the Patriots for a sixth round pick. I'm sorry, for a fifth round pick. That's and it's insane. just like, this, see, this so, is clearly it, insane efficiency. Nobody was able to extrapolate out what that would look like on a season over season basis. Well, but again, that's, that's, you know, this is why I have such confidence in just like self-awareness and that the NFL is easy enough to figure out. And eventually you can get good if you know what you're doing, because these kind of players are always floating out there. This always happens. Teams always do this. Like, there are always going to be a bunch of shitty teams that draft players high up because you know they don't have, you know, they don't, they don't have, they, they have high picks and they're bad, or they sign players for a lot of money because they are bad and they just don't know how to use them, and then they just get like, and then all of a sudden they had a bad one or two years, and now they're the in the NFL wasteland, and you could just pick them up for nothing, and that's right. Cordero Patterson to a T. And it's, it's, it's frustrating because it's like all you need to do is exactly what you said. It's just like, you know, it doesn't, it, it, it takes, it takes Arthur Smith. Who went, is Arthur Smith, Tennessee? Was that offensive corner of Tennessee? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the Der- I mean, it took the Derrick Henry guy to figure it out, you know, but it's like, you know, I don't even think the Derrick Henry, the offense coordinator for Tennessee, that's not really that hard of a job, isn't it? I mean, isn't it just Derrick Henry? Well, no, there's some play action in between. And then you can do deep shots to Corey Davis for 85 yards and a touchdown because everybody had to stack up against Derrick Henry. Ah, see, well, there you go. So, I mean, so I, Connor, I, I, it's I, like only 95% running with Derrick Henry, okay? Let's all chill out about it. And also, <laughs> it's very true. But, I mean, hey, listen, listen, everyone said what they wanted to say. I'll just say I love Cordell Patterson. I love a guy like Coppets. I love versatile type weapons. You know me. I, I've told everyone, Saquon, get out as a receiver. Ezekiel Elliott, get out as a receiver. You know me. I've said Antonio everybody. Gibson, get out as Antonio a receiver. Antonio Gibson, get out as a receiver. Even if you want to have that McKissick motherfucker, why don't you put them both out there? Why don't you put McKissick out on the slot and Gibson in the back? Or, Connor, or the reverse. Because they have so many quality wide receivers there. There's like Teddy Adam Warren and um, uh, uh, well, Curtis Adam Samuel Humphrey. is injured. Adam Humphrey. Oh, oh, he's oh, terrible. Oh, God. Oh, this um, is awkward. And uh, Quez Watkins. Nope. That's the Eagle. 
That's they stole Quez. They took up some guy off the street and they said, "Your new name is Quez Watkins," and they just brought him up. Brought him up. They just gave him. They were just like, "We need to save money on the uniforms. We're going to give you the Watkins one." <laughs> that's like, but that isn't even. That's an Eagles uniform. Shh, 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 shh. We're going to spray paint it. Get out, out there. there. <laughs> we don't have a lot of money right now. We're changing ownership. There was a scandal <laughs> with our name. Don't ask too many questions about it. I know, right? But by the way, dude, to case in point, if your running back goes down right now, like if I'm the Bears, why am I not signing Todd Gurley? Just give it a shot. Just throw I mean, it out there. It's yeah, Todd Gurley. I feel like the uh, uh, Falcons like held that hot potato for everyone to watch it die. I, I I'm not saying it's gonna. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying take shots on people. Mike Davis should get a contract. Todd Gurley should get a contract. That's I all. I mean, that's fair. I think. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's what i believe in my heart of hearts i actually super believe in damian williams as a running back so i think he can he can definitely succeed uh with david montgomery down uh in chicago for a little bit there and who's that rookie they had herbert well let's not herbert yeah we'll do it in order um okay let's move on what do we got next so we're gonna talk about the packers and the Bengals. okay so first of all can i just say before we get into this the actual games this was an amazing week of football i mean the amount of close games, the amount of overtimes, the amount of comebacks and and lead changes at the very end of the games. Like, it was just so spicy and exciting. And so many underdog narratives that uh, some of which came to fruition and some of which didn't. But this Bengals-Packers game, okay, so the final score was 25-22 in overtime. I, I, I think, how do we talk about this game because everybody did well i mean the the bench and mason crosby except, <laughs> everyone well, but mason and, crosby. and uh uh mcpherson the the Bengals kicker missed missed True. the game-winning field goal yeah. as well you know so so basically everyone uh, this game was a passing bonanza uh the packers went up and then it kind of looked like they were gonna win and then cincinnati got a bunch of points back on the board they go to OT, including a seven, a beautiful seventy-yard oh, Jamar Chase, I which mean, everyone it seemed like the most obvious thing, and you're like, okay, but there's Boyd, there's Higgins, that can't really happen, right? Oh yeah, no, it's all Jamar Chase. It's I mean, it's not all Jamar Chase. No, Boyd and Higgins are getting plenty. Well, I mean, it's just there's so many freaking, tar- especially now that Mixon is hurt and it's Samaj right. P Ryan back there. There's targets for everybody, so that's <laughs> really, that's really the thing. Samaj P Ryan even caught a long touchdown. Everyone gets in the mix. Um, and folks, if you don't know who Samaj P. Ryan is, that's the point. Exactly. Are you, now you're figuring it out. Yeah, folks. you get it now. Um, not to be confused with LaMichael P. Ryan, who is a different, irrelevant running back, uh, a little bit younger. Um, but anyway, so the, the Green Bay uh, uh, gives up the, uh, the lead again. They tie, they tie 22-22. Um, uh, so Mason Crosby missed an extra point. And three field goals at the end of this game. And since he uh, shanked two? Um, yeah, it's I just think two. Um, so at the end of the game, it was Mason Crosby miss. Mason Crosby miss. They get the ball back. They go down the field. McPherson miss. And then they go back down the field. And Mason Crosby finally gets it to win the game on his fourth try. But, I mean... This was a weird kicker day all around. A lot of uh, extra points and field goals were missed. Uh, it's got to be got to be one of the higher uh, missed days, you know, Am in I? recent memory. 
am I allowed to be, you know, let me, let me ask society now. Am I allowed to be mad that Aaron Rodgers had multiple opportunities to do a game-winning touchdown drive on the Cincinnati defense and couldn't do it? Because I am. Well, I'm also kind of confused. Like, after how many how many times does Mason Crosby have to miss before you just go for it on fourth down with Aaron fucking Rodgers? Right, and well, well, this is the team that kicked the field goal in the playoffs, yep. so that's yep. so not often is the answer. I remember it. <laughs> so you're barking up the wrong tree there, <laughs> Slick. I'm sorry to tell you uh, that is a philosophy. I know we have this, you know, future Hall of Famer quarterback, one of the top five perhaps of all time, but uh, three-time Miss Mason Crosby. I mean, you gotta. Have, he looks like Adam Vinatieri. He must be Adam Vinatieri. Oh, They're both old. Pepper hair. <laughs> description and i'm just like they're all yeah. mean so thank you for bringing some color to this oh, this is this is the nuance of the podcast i like to, I like to be uh i like to bring the, the metaphors the simile and the imagery um as long as you're doing all three <laughs> yeah it's good if only two is this bush league so i well I'll, here's what i want to say about this game start believing in the cincinnati Bengals. yes mark preach. my words this was the day, yes, they lost. Fair enough, McPherson missed. And yeah, fair enough. They would have lost much earlier if Mason Crosby hadn't missed those field goals. But goddamn, does this game display their grit and their fucking cohesion? Like they, they are a group, they are a team. They are this is like regardless of whether they're perfect or not yet. This is the unit. Like, don't change a thing. Just let them grow together. Yeah, they're missing Mixon. That's going to hurt too. But God damn, is Joey Burrow good at football? And this receiver core is fucking exciting. And this defense stood up and did what they needed to do on multiple occasions against Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. You know, I mean, oof, this was exciting. Uh, I want to go put – a little bit of Super Bowl money down on the Bengals. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's something I'm considering because I feel like there's a shot here because here's what I see from them. And this is something you don't, I mean, we all talk about, oh, the quarterbacks can do this and is he mobile and is he throw and yada, yada. And at the end of the day, I don't think it matters how you do what you do. I think what really matters is do you have that little bit of extra x factor that when the game is on the line and you get that fucking ball back with however many seconds on the clock at the end of the game do you have what it takes to force the issue and get those points on the board you know and aaron Rodgers has done it time and again tom brady russell Wilson has done it time and again you know but by, by the way patrick mahomes and lamar jackson have done it in very different ways right so you yeah. to, to your point yeah it can be done it can be. It, it, it's true. Whatever your style is, you, and I, that's that's the thing I always think is the bottom line is whatever, probably whatever you've been doing your whole life to get you to this point. Just just stick basically around that because if you got this far, you're doing something. Oh my god! I heard something I thought was hilarious the other day about Big Ben that apparently Big Ben has never done like any like extracurricular activities around quarterbacking. Like he's never worked with an external coach. He's never worked with somebody in the off season. He's never like you know try you know like russell wilson has pays like nine different experts to like oh, okay. notes and watch him like run on his treadmill and big ben's literally like i i get the ball and i look at who's open and i throw oh them. well i mean i see that's the thing. I, I certainly don't 
to be clear to the viewers, I, I certainly don't mean that. That is certainly not what I'm advocating for in any in any sense of the word. When I when I say that, I just mean you improve on your skills, but you don't try to, you know, if I'm a mobile like Lamar Jackson, people say, Oh, he's gotta become a pocket passer. Like <laughs> Okay. Like I'm not saying don't throw the ball, but I'm saying like you're saying Lamar needs to just stay in the pocket and not move. You're a fucking Get out of here. You have to go with what works and you have to play to your strengths and you have to find out where are you, where do you have the advantage and play there. You right. know, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes have to gamble. Tom Brady got to be a little bit more conservative. Think and dunk it down the field. You know what I mean? That's, that's what they all do. Tom Brady's probably going to do it in 12 passes. Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen will do it in, you know, Pat Mahomes will do it in one 75 yard throw. And then jo Josh Allen will do it in like three runs two little screens and then like another run like head first into the end zone. Right. Everyone has right. their style, but you've got to That that's the most important thing that any organization can do. That's what I talk about all the time is self-awareness and just be like, this is the quarterback we have. This is the team that we, this is what we need around him to succeed in terms of a defense, in terms of a line, in terms of a coach, in terms of a, in terms of weapons, in terms of everything. And that's right. the hardest and here's thing. My, here's my overarching point about this, right? It's, it's that, Joe Burrow has that thing, that ish, that X factor that he can, he's going to get the ball and he's going to fucking make it happen no matter how. He's going to make miracles happen. And here's a list of people that I don't know if we know if they have the capability to do that on the big stage. Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts. I do not think any of those people have displayed the ability to do that special comeback. Baker, every time he wins, and sure, the Browns are pretty good, you know, but they get up early and they stay up. That's how they win. They are not doing a whole lot. And of they just don't blow it. And sometimes they do blow it, like this past weekend. And well, know? exactly. Um, so I think that if you look at, if you're looking at tape, if you're looking at, you know, the mechanics or like time of release or escapability or all that, like, yeah, fair enough. That's all somewhat important, but look at the scoreboards on the games that they play and can they come back at the end? I think that's like, can they force the issue? It's really the, the question. Hey, you know what? We all know big Ben can force the issue. Well, uh, first of all, yikes, but also <laughs> I, I, I just, here's, and I agree with everything you're saying. I don't want to take this as a reputation of it. Like, I, I, I agree with it. The problem, though, like, there was never a thought, I don't think, right? If people thought this way, I think that they're wrong. That there was ever an idea that Joe Burrow was, like, not going to succeed in the NFL. The question was always going to be around Cincinnati, right? And right. so, as I, and as I watched him get another injury that I thought was going to cart him for another few weeks right. while, he, while he was playing... I sat there and thought to myself, you know, listen, I understand offensive lines aren't built in a day. And Kansas City is showing us that that's not true because they tried oh, to and it's oh boy, not working out so well. Okay, uh, so I understand that. But there's things called bringing in a, bringing in a tight end. There's called pass blocking with your running back. There's called I'm going to fire my offensive line coach if the technique is bad and get a new one, right? There's called so many things that you can try to do. And it seems that the, the, the answer in Cincinnati has just kind of been – well, good luck with that. I mean, I, it's like, like, like that's yep. honestly, but it's like, what do, we drafted somebody once. Like, dude, first of all, the, the offensive lineman that they drafted, that's supposed to, oh my God, he's so amazing. Jackson Carmen came in yesterday because he's a backup for injury. 
Right. That's that's how that's that's how that's that's the investment that they made in the offensive line. A backup who's only coming in bad, out of emergency and is oh, probably isn't ready to play because he probably doesn't get first team snaps because they're dumbasses. No, I that that was ridiculous to me too. I, I funnily enough, I actually just started a uh, Bengals franchise in Madden and uh, mm, Jack Harmon. I got news for you. Not very good uh, by the numbers. Uh, but let's move on from that game. Uh, let's move on to the Lions Vikings. Uh, yet another. Oh, oh, hold on, sorry. I just wanted. I just wanted to ask you your view on what I oh, said please. about the uh, about uh, about with the Aaron Rodgers and how they did how, like I, I I know that we want this to be a celebration of Cincinnati, and I in a certain sense, and that's good and all, right? Yeah. But I mean, to me, you know, again, we're talking about a team. And, and, and Green Bay, you know, and I hold the team to the standards that they set for themselves. This is clearly a last year type of team. So that means you're a Super Bowl or bust team then, doesn't it? Right. So, yeah. you know, if you're Super Bowl or bust and you can't get an overtime touchdown, game winning touchdown after multiple opportunities, you just can't get that damn touchdown on the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Well, what are you going to do on this Buffalo defense that's mm. ripping people apart? You know, what are you yeah. going to do on this Baltimore defense? You know, the Tampa defense, God forbid. You know? Uh, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers can pick apart their their hobbled backfield, but I don't know if he can escape their their line. Like, it's just going to be very interesting to see why. Like, when is the moment that you unleash him? Like, it seems like they're always like, "Oh no, no, not yet. We're saving it. We're saving it." It's like in Fast and Furious, they always like you always blow the nitrous after the other guy does. You know, they have like a little a little canister of nitrous that gives them a little boost. And it's like, it's yeah. always the guy who does it last who wins because he gets the little boost right over the finish line, right at the end. And that's what well, it feels exactly. like. It's like they're like saving up this little nitrous boost for like this one perfect moment that's going to catapult them through an impossible situation. But it's like, we've watched you lose in the playoffs like seven years in a row. Like, when is that moment when you unleash that NOS from, from uh, Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. And that's the thing. It's like, oh, they're four and one. It's like, great. As I've already said on this podcast, and I will continue to say, I don't care about the Packers' record this year. I just don't care. It, I don't it, even. There's not, not even a point to looking at it. So After you just went thirteen and three two straight years and blew it twice, I'm not interested. I'm not interested anymore. Yeah, I mean, you you have said it before, and I've said it before, and 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 we'll say it again. Aaron Rodgers' super team, Russell Wilson's super team. Look Looking out for forward to it. Let's do it. I mean, they, Connor. I hope they're in the same division on their new super teams. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are going to the Dolphins, and Russell Wilson is going to go to the Jets. No, he's going <laughs> to the Saints. Going to the Saints, baby. Oh, the Saints are getting in awesome. on this. Can you imagine? That would be so fun. I'm telling you right now, if there is a, if there is a you know, sort of a drawing for star quarterbacks this this uh, coming off uh, coming out offseason, and the Saints aren't involved heavily. Boy, that's gonna start me a riot. Don't because well, that—that's what concerns me about. I will get to the Saints, but what concerns me about winning about winning too much in this series? I don't want anyone in that front office to be stupid enough to think that Jameis Winston can 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 lead us to the future, right? I don't want anyone. He's nice. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's gonna. He's like a horrifying like three win quarterback. I'm saying I'm saying this is a super. This is Super Bowl defense. And a Super Bowl offensive line, and a Super Bowl running back, and this is not a Super Bowl quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. No, but to your but in, and a Super Bowl coach too. Russell Wilson wants to go somewhere where he can actually get some fucking time in the pocket, and uh, New Orleans is one of the few teams in the NFL that has a rock solid offensive line. So, well, it's one of the uh, teams he was rumored to go to. Remember, right? 
um, when he was doing when they were doing all the rumors and stuff about him leaving potential potentially. He was supposed yeah. to. That was one of the four teams that he listed on his on his thing. Alrighty, so the Lions, Lions and the Vikings, which, I mean, I gotta tell you, this was the game that I was the most excited about when it was over. So that was great. <laughs> I was excited to stop watching. <laughs> I was excited. They were like Vikings Lions final. I'm like, I don't need to even see. Just I pure final. That's good. You just said final. Oh my god, that's <laughs> the best. That's the best game all week. Final, um, awesome. All right. Yeah, so uh, poor Lions, though, right? I mean, like, they had every opportunity to win this game. They had it snatched away from them. They So, essentially, they needed a touchdown and a two-point conversion to, to win the game in the fourth quarter. And Jared Goff gets them down the field. They execute the touchdown, uh, DeAndre Swift touchdown, and then uh, execute the two-point. Uh, which was a risk because, you know, obviously if they missed it, they were going to be losing again uh, 17 to 16. So they were like, we don't want to win exactly. it all right now. We don't want to go to overtime. And they ended up handing the ball back and uh, three plays and boom, the uh, the Vikings got another field goal on and just snatched it away from them. It, just, it, was, it was cruel. But the Lions, oh, they're going to, I feel like they're going to figure it out. You know, I, I know that they are obviously like, the league's punching bag right now, but I, I don't think they're this bad. I don't think they're good, but I don't think they're un. I don't think they can't win. Like Jared Goff is doing a good job. I, I don't think, and and the defense isn't terrible. Like I just think they need to make some things click and maybe sign some stars or something. Maybe get some high draft picks in this next draft. But they say seem close, right? Well, I think they have. They have the base. This is, I mean, this is sort of more of a basketball analogy, but there's a lot of times where you go into the playoffs, right? And there will be a lot of teams that sort of don't really have a star, right? But they mm-hmm. may be in a big city or they have a big coach or something like that. Usually it's the one of LA, New York, Chicago, right? So the Brooklyn Nets, for example. Yeah. Rad tag group of people, whatever. And they ended up being like the sixth seed in the playoffs and almost, and won like a game or two in the first round against a better team or something like that ragtag no star so then all of a sudden kevin durant and Kyrie irving say wow well there's a good team there to start off so maybe if i join them that's gonna be amazing and so i sort of think they're at that liftoff stage where it's like all right there's a there's a core here for it's nowhere near good enough to win things yet but there's some there's some pieces here you know i love i love saint brown i'm honor saint brown who they drafted i think it was in the third round I think he's a very, very good piece. I think I think they had overall a very good draft. Obviously, they had Penny Sewell as well. So I think they're building on something. And obviously, I love Dan Campbell. You know, former Saints coach, gotta love him. Uh, you know, and I we've also talked about that on this podcast a lot. How we think that you know Jared Goff was given away sort of as like they had to incentivize him with extra picks to take him. And I mean, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying Jared Goff is an MVP or something, but he also went to a Super Bowl, dude. I know it was on the back of a great defense, but dude, you know, what, what I know that quarterback know hasn't bad. gone to a Super Bowl on the back of a great defense. Like Tom Brady didn't have a great defense when he won last year. Well, exactly. That's, if he didn't have a great defense, he wouldn't go to the Super Bowl. You don't yeah. see like you know Patrick Mahomes is not going to overcome this Chiefs defense, for example. Like it has to be a little better for it to be possible, right? And it's the same thing here. At some point, it's like there has to be some base level of competency on the other side for there to be a chance to win. It's no matter how good one side of the ball is. Right, and uh, on the Vikings side, it's like, yeah, they go to two and three, but I don't think 
I, I mean, the announcer on the game was like, "Oh my gosh, like they, you know, they're both putting it all together." It's like I don't, I don't know. I, I think they might be just like doing this, like, like they're showing flickers of just like their raw talent. Uh, Alexander Madison's obviously very good. He was drafted to basically be baby Dalvin Cook for exactly this instance where Dalvin Cook was going to get injured a lot. You could call it injury prone, but really he's actually been around a lot. I think he's just a running back that sees most of the snaps and those guys get injured, you know, Um, look at Christian McCaffrey. Um, And so, uh, you know, it just feels to me like this team is this team as we know it is not going to be great ever. Like you got to blow the whole thing up if you want to be great. And they, I don't think they're like, I don't think they're going to take 10 years to rebuild. I think they're going to take one or two years to rebuild, but I don't think it's going to be Kirk cousins. And I think you got to trade Adam Thielen. You got to get younger. And at some point you, you have to step up to, to this division. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers moves on next year, there will be a vacuum in the division for the powerhouse, and the Vikings could very well fill it if they make the right moves to do so. But it's not so bad that, say, the Bears couldn't. T- like, it's not going to be an AFC no, exactly. East the, the Bears Patriots, could easily you know step up if Justin Fields is is legit. That could totally be the Bears' division for the next couple of years. That's that's exactly it. Like, there's different types of like. It's not an AFC East vacuum where it's like, all right, just be decent and you'll be fine, right? Yeah. Or the or NFC NFC East or whatever. Like, it's one of those where it's like. Yeah, it's up for grabs, but you got to make a move to take it. It's not going to be put in your lap. And there's two different levels, and they, it's not it's not quite on the They have to be aggressive. And I'll say this: I mean, in terms of this season, there's two questions you have to answer. Are they better than the Packers? No. Are they better than any of the NFC West teams? No. Okay, so then it doesn't matter. Yeah. They can win as many games as they want. They're not going to. They're not better. They're not going to have a better record than any of those. So then it doesn't matter. They won't make the playoffs then. So I don't care. So good. Yeah. They'll win and a so game or two. And Adam Thielen will have a catch or two. But whoop, Justin Jefferson will be everyone's little favorite thing on Instagram. And he'll make a great and he'll go crazy in the highlight reels of a fancy day or whatever. And nothing will come of it. And they'll say, oh, Kirk Cousins, he's throwing less interceptions. And nothing will come of it. Exactly. And it's, oh, it doesn't matter. Nothing will come of it. dude. And, Until and... you beat one of those two questions. And they haven't done that yet. Right. And the fact is that they actually have been going downhill this entire time, not uphill. Um, Justin Jefferson is amazing, but uh, this offense is not the offense they were a couple of years back. Uh, and this defense is certainly not the defense. I mean, the Minnesota defense was like a thing a couple of years ago. Remember that? Remember, we'd be like, oh, oh yeah. Minnesota D. You know, well, like that's that Zimmer's like, coaching great. style. It's supposed right. to be defense and run. It's like Pete Carroll style. Defense and run it. Defense and run it. Right, and but... if you're Dalvin Cook, of course, you can run the ball. So that doesn't take any skill. But the defense is supposed to be you, bro. Right. And the, and the, they have, they've been sh- shedding talent left and right. And it's just, it's, it's showing, you know. Um, but anyway, you know, the, yeah, that's, Let's move on from that game. It, it was a it was a heartbreaker for the Lions. I think we're gonna hopefully these teams are gonna face each other again. Hopefully the Lions will be able to overcome them the next time because this is not uh, impossible feat for them by any means. Wow. Broncos Steelers Steelers twenty seven Broncos nineteen. Um, it's technically a one score. Uh, this is Steelers all the close. Well, I mean, here's the thing, dude. It's just like. You're not going to get anywhere with the sort of game manager type quarterbacks when you have, you know, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, and Trey Lance in the same division, for example. And 
and Dak Prescott and Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and, you know, an endless supply of amazing, unbelievable quarterbacks. And you're not, you're not going to get away with just like, you know, not, not just decent stuff and, and a good defense, you know, you'll win some games here and there. Right. And that's what Teddy Bridgewater won't do is throw picks. So good for him on doing that. But I mean, at the end of the day, when you come up to a team that's going to guard their men, be in the right place in his own defense, do all the uh, small things right on defense. Well, he doesn't have the ability to make the extra play, so he's just going to go down and panic and not know what to do, like you said. And He gets bailed out sometimes, frankly, just because they have such great receivers. But I don't see, and I've said this a lot, I don't see any strong offensive coaching from the Denver Broncos in general, and I think that's what they're waiting for. They need This team isn't going to have any level of success uh, you know, outside of you know winning a few random games here and there. Uh, unless they get some serious offensive coaching in that building. And by the way, I would like to point out. This and the better team, to the Teddy Bridgewater team too, but that's fine. This team decided not to draft Justin Fields. Yeah. This is a team that made the decision in the offseason, we're going to sign Teddy Bridgewater, and we're going to tell him he's our starter, and we're going to massage him and his ego, and and give him – I didn't mean massage him. I meant massage his ego. All right, Deshaun Watson, relax. Yeah, oh, that's the imagery that came into my mind, too. I wanted to clarify that was a mental mistake, uh, not on purpose. <laughs> tough, uh, tough stuff. Tough stuff, buddy. Tough stuff. But, but then they had Justin Fields fall to them, and they decided not to take him. And here's the thing about that, is the people eventually who did take him were the Bears. They traded up for him even though they had done the exact same thing with Andy Dalton and told him he was the starter. They knew that, I mean, even Matt Nagy, the worst person on earth, knows enough that when Justin Fields is on the board, you go get him, and if Andy Dalton is mad at you later, so be it, because that's what's best for your football team. And that's what Denver should have done to Teddy Bridgewater, and they chose to trust Teddy Bridgewater, and now next year, they're going to have to do it again. And then they're going to have a rookie quarterback again. So they're probably not going to be as good that next year. So it's like it's this whole delayed effect that they could have gotten ahead of. But at the, you know what the problem is, though, dude? If you think about it, it's like think about everyone they've drafted, you know? And think about how they drafted Drew Locke being one of those examples. But also, who is the – they drafted an even worse quarterback before that who I can't remember for the last Paxton Lynch? <laughs> That's who we're thinking of. Yes, Paxton Lynch. So, like – it's hard because it's like at a certain point, it's like, well, I don't know if we can develop quarterbacks in house. And that's where, you know, it goes back to the self-awareness thing. I think John Elway is looking around and he's saying, dude, I don't think we're going to develop quarterbacks here. Because I mean, that's got to be the plan. If you're Denver, I mean, that's what you're doing here. You're setting up to be a Brooklyn Nets right now. You're trying, you're setting up to say, man, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, look at this defense. Don't you wish you had a defense like that? And oh my goodness, is that Cortland Sutton? Is that Jerry right. Judy? Is that right. two stud running backs? Well, stud's a strong word, but Javante Williams will be a stud for sure. Is that a great running back and a nice little number two in Melvin Gordon? Do we have so many great players on this team and a stud defense? Wow, this seems like a nice play. And Weed, 
that's nice. Everyone likes that. There you go. There oh, yeah. Going. You get to be the Mario <laughs> High City. You like Aaron Rodgers, long hair. You know. Shailene's going to invite some of her mm. uh, protester friends over, and they can all get baked in Boulder. There you go. Shailene Weedley. There it is. Oh, that's what they say. That's oh, going to be her new uh, Instagram handle when she moves there. It's, and, that, and, that's, and that's all this is. So if the point of Teddy Bridgewater is to be a one-year stopgap while you audition your defense for other star quarterbacks, great. He's great for that. Then he's going to continue to do stuff like this, and fine. It's fine. But uh, I just – that I, I understand what you're saying with the draft on the young quarterback, but I think that the calculation, which I can't get mad at because it's based on my principle of self-awareness, is, look, dude, we have brought young in – Youngin upon youngin into this building, and it has not been working. Clearly, we cannot draft quarterbacks. Well, did anyone ever expect Drew Locke to be good? It's not like he was a a high draft pick, right? Where did he get picked? I know. Yeah, I mean, listen, he he was a second rounder, if I'm not mistaken. But I think, but I I don't I don't know that. I mean, he was here's the thing. So he was a stud at Mizzou, and like everyone really liked him coming out of there. But I don't know that. You know, he's Mizzou, like this prime place. So, I mean, yeah, he was a yeah, second round. I wanted to make sure. Second round yeah, in 2019. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I mean, I, I will be a really nice backup. Like, I think that's that's his role in life is to be the the CJ Beathard that comes in when somebody breaks their ankle. Hey, but let me tell you something, Eileen. Let's just break this down though for a second because he finished the 2016 regular season when he was in college. Ranked first in the SEC in passing yards. Remember, the SEC is where Florida, Georgia, Alabama, everybody is, yeah. right? And he was leading the SEC in passing yards and was number two in passing yards per game and yards per completion. Okay, okay. Right? And, he, and in 2017, he led the NCAA and set the SEC and Missouri record for passing touchdowns. Wow, so but, you're saying but, you think but, might actually have been good if he'd gone to a system that knew how to develop him. Well, but I would not say that because because they started also started that season one and five. Oh, so we can't wait. So oh, this so it's almost like college careers sometimes end up having an impact, having a uh, reflection on someone's professional career. Which I mean, it's just crazy. I just I can't believe. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Let's move on from that game. Uh, the Steelers, eh, whatever. I don't care. They're, they're not good. They, they, they beat the Broncos. You know, it's okay. Um, Bucks, Dolphins, 45 to 17. Uh, Tom Brady, I think this was a, you know, the Miami ha- is the team I- that has beaten him most of all the NFL teams, obviously, because they played in the same division. And Miami was the only halfway competent team in that division for all those years. Um, even though they weren't good because they were coached by Adam Gase. Um, but I think he was just having a revenge. I mean, a revenge game is typically reserved for a player that comes back to play a team they've been, uh, you know, traded from. But I think this was just like straight up like real life revenge. Like this was just like, he was like, fuck you. I'm going to watch. I'm going to show you what I can do when I have, when I'm firing on all cylinders and I have my best weapons and I have everything at my disposal, you know, it's like, just like, fuck you, Miami. And Brian Flores, I guess, was the former DC in, in New England. Right. So there's like, he knows him. I don't know, but oh, wow. this was, 
this was fucking brutal. I mean, he just shredded them apart. Their offense had no answer. Miles Gaskin caught a couple of touchdowns uh, out of the backfield, but it was just like it was it was no contest the entire game. I don't even know what to say about this. Uh, yeah. Well, again, this is to me. This is just uh, another example of the point I was making, and this is really exposed this week. These all defense teams. That's not the NFL anymore, my man. That's not that's not how we that's not how we play football anymore. Because the thing is, the the defenses can be overcome by really good offense. That's the thing. Like Tom Brady can beat a great defense. Like Aaron Rodgers, it. There are some quarterbacks that are matchup proof, and you don't want to be the defense. You don't want to be the team stuck with your only weapon having been completely eliminated in a, in an important game. You know, in an all or nothing game. What? Well, um, but- but I would go even further, and I would say that this is like, you know, there are a lot of quarterbacks that could that can overcome a great defense. Like let's just look like if I go down this 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 scoreboard right now, and I just look and I see Rams, Stafford, Seahawks, Wilson, you know, uh, Jets, Zach Wilson. People would like to believe, but probably not. Okay, but Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Bengals, Joe Burrow. You know, uh, if you're going all the way down, Tom Brady, and then you go all the way, and then well, this is. I'm going to be looking at a, at a bad stretch of, of, of people. No, but if you but, go down to Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Justin Fields, all of these people are, are, or are going to be at some point. Trevor Lawrence in the, is in this bag as well. Are like, you know, either on the track to or already are elite level quarterbacks. And Lamar Jackson is why. I don't know if I said him or not. I might have missed it. I mean, and this goes, so, I mean, this is the thing. It goes to this point where it's like, you have so many elite quarterbacks, man, that like, you have to have one. It's not a thing that you, you, you're not going to be good to the, the, the 2000 Ravens thing is, or the like, like the shitty version of Peyton Manning on the Denver Broncos getting a Super Bowl led by the defense. That's not how it's going to happen anymore. Not in this year. It's going to, you're going to need a new era for that. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't want to stick around here too long. Let's push on. Uh, Saints versus the Washington football team. You know, well done. Uh, this was not close. I mean, uh, Heineke, I think he's always fun. He's always slinging the ball. Right? He's never, like, afraid. He's kind of popular now that, like, he, he seems so confident and has no fear. Um, and, you know, whether that means throwing for 300 yards. I mean, he, a lot of he, he produces a lot um, once again he's not a winner so th- that's kind of like the the middle balance you're striking here is you're just you're just kind of just throw things at the wall and hopefully points on the board but uh, as long as your defense in washington is as good as it was supposed to be which it certainly hasn't been um, on the other side, the Saints, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara is really good at football. I don't know. I don't know much else to say about that. Yeah, dude, I mean, and that's the thing. It's it's really just I think it's a combination of Sean Payton and Alvin Kamara. I don't think, you know, I really like – Jameis Winston is showing us what we need to have and what is, – is making clear the point that I was driving home for a long time and why I wanted Drew Brees out in 2017 because – We've totally lost the vertical element of our offense in a league that's going more and more vertical. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing and you're seeing what plays could have been and what what 
Sean Payton wanted to draw up that whole time when he was drawing up that terribly conservative offense that's been terrible for a few years, right? So I, I you know, it's been efficient, is what everyone says. Which to me, efficiency. I'm when you when you say because here's the thing: when Tom Brady has an efficient day, but he also has a dominant day, you just call it a dominant day. When he has an efficient day, he usually loses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like that's, like that's what I mean. He's, it, so I don't. When you just call something efficient, it's not good. And that's what Jameis Winston is. He's just constantly efficient. Keeps it out of their hands. But it's like you said, it's another example of the defenses can collapse like that. And that's why you build your core on offense. I'm just saying, at least in this era, you yeah. build your core build on offense. I don't mean you have a bad defense, but you build your core on offense. because, And in the sense of really all that means is what I screamed about for a million times. Just like you said, oh, well, the Broncos could have gotten Justin Fields. Well, I really think Washington could have gotten Justin Fields. Because especially yeah. the trade market was nowhere near as aggressive as we thought it was going to be. So there's no reason why they couldn't have gotten up there and paid the Lions or somebody or the or frankly the Broncos if the Broncos didn't want him so bad why don't they pay the Broncos get right, up there they get could have. or Carolina it'd have been totally worth it they don't have any weapons now so what what would they have not drafted they would have lost right like just 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 give yourself an opportunity to succeed you have to stomp on these opportunities because I'm telling you right now. They may, they may, you know, when Taylor Heineke plays a playoff game and almost does well once, it's funny, and he wins one game. Ah, it's fun. At this point, if I'm in that Washington locker room, I'm demoralized by the fact that Taylor Heineke is my freaking quarterback. Yeah, I am. I'm demoralized. This is this great defense, and at some point, it's like you're under pressure as a defense all the time. Well, and meanwhile, you're looking over at the Cowboys, going, "Oh wow, they seem to have figured a lot of stuff out. That new defense of theirs looks really good." Dak looks extra sharp this year. MVP candidate, surgeon, throwing precision passes back there. And and you had the chance to go level up with them. And here you are just kind of surfing the wave, just like being mediocre. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, we all know this is the Cowboys division to lose. And Washington had every, every opportunity, has all the talent in the world ready to step up. And I think not getting better wide receivers, not not going out there and going for uh, drafting one of these wide receivers, drafting a Rondell Moore or Rashad Bateman or someone, and a quarterback really hurt you. Um, or, or you know, even signing. I mean, that this is a team that could have signed Teddy Bridgewater, frankly, and gotten more out of him. But, but anyway. This would um, at least been helpful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I Panthers, still think they had needed the dynamic player when you're going against Dak. But I get you. But, but, no, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just – yeah, you're right. Teddy's not the answer for anyone. I mean, T- Teddy and Jameis are basically right now, like like you're saying, they're these proof-of-concept placeholder guys that are just kind of showing off what the rest of the team can do so they can have something – so they can have a very clear advertisement to the, the big star they lock into the middle of that. And – when you know it's like a startup that gets like one customer and they're like okay we'll give you a little more money because we'll see what else you can do like that that i think is what we're seeing over there right now is just like here are the types of plays you might expect to see and this is the weapons you'll have at your disposal and look at alvin Kamara do his little dance in the end zone after all you had to do is just dump it off to him and the o-line gave him all the time and space in the world and yada yada Sounds like a great place for Russell Wilson. Just yeah, saying, really, Russ. Really just saying, baby. And the taxes, it's its a red state, which you're like, oh, I don't want that. Well, listen, your taxes are going to be way lower. And come on, you're rich. You don't have to live there. Come on. <laughs> Wait, plus, plus, he's all psycho-religious and all that stuff. Like, super-religious or whatever. Like Drew Brees. 
So, you know, I don't know if Sierra wants to play in the wants to live in that humidity, though. Like, I feel like she she's a she enjoys the crisp, uh, dry air of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so Panthers uh, lost 18 to 21 to the Eagles. This was kind of a weird upset. Uh, It did not really look like the Eagles were overpowering Panthers at any part of this game. But then at some point. They just the Panthers stopped scoring and the Eagles kept scoring and you know they they shut down Sam Darnold on the final drive when he could have gotten the lead back and that was that. Uh, I don't I don't think this means anything. This is kind of a fluke to me. The Panthers obviously I've been saying are not as good as we thought. I don't think they're as good as we thought, but I don't think the Eagles are much better than we thought. I just think this was just the shaking out of the change in the laundry of just two mediocre teams, you know? Uh, well, I kind of disagree in a little sense in that I think this was the great unmasking of the Sam Darnold dream that people, the fever dream that people have had over the last few weeks, that all oh, of a sudden yeah. Sam Darnold is so amazing. And I'm just like, well, hold on now. Cause I'll tell you, right. Cause I remember back in the day when this draft was happening and I always, you know, I was in the, you know, there was, a, I was in the strong minority because I think a lot of people thought Sam Darnold was going to be number one over Baker. And I don't care about all the criticism that he's getting right now. I'm a Baker over Sam guy, 1000%. Oh. Although we were all wrong and the answer should have been Josh Allen, but we didn't know. Yes. Stuff. But, 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 you know, but, but, you know, we, we can all make mistakes. But, uh, you know, well, maybe it was Lamar Jackson. Who knows? Or maybe Sean coach. McDermott is just a better coach than uh, Kevin Stefanski. That's also a great, great point. I think it's, a, but I, I think, I think the the broader thing is, you know, long term. I'm glad you got J.C. Horn, Carolina, and that'll be fun for you. And this Sam Darnold thing is going to be interesting. But this is not a, you know, it, this is the type of game that you know a team that thinks consider the, considers themselves to be legitimate playoff teams like they win this game. They make sure they get this notch on their belt, and they didn't. So they're not quite good enough for the playoffs yet. But we didn't think they were. Well, but I'm just. And, this is a proof of concept game. And I would also like to say about Darnold, it's like, it's almost worse that he's going to be, here's the thing. If he were going to shit the bed this year, then at the end of the year, the fan base would be crying out and they could go, okay, what are we going to do next? But instead he's going to hang around and he's going to be okay. And that means they're going to go, okay, well maybe it just didn't come together this year. And then they're going to try it again and it's going to be Okay. And they're going to go, well, maybe we get him another couple weapons in here and so-and-so, a little protection and a dump-off running back, yada, yada. It's like, oh, no, I don't think. And at some point, like it's going to be years down the line before they move on and finally draft that that next guy. Um, right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we got to move it along here. So, unfortunately, uh, the uh, Panthers-Eagles game is, is going to have to get cut for time a little bit. <laughs> Jaguars, Titans, oh, Derrick Henry ran all over the field and all over my heart in fantasy because he was playing against me. On the bright side, um, James Robinson is so fucking good, dude. Uh, the running back, uh, undrafted running back uh, for Jacksonville is is just as good as he's ever been. He was kind of forgotten by the offense, but like the new offense came in and they didn't really know how to use him and they weren't really ready. And then they sort of realized like, Oh my God, when we hand him the ball, we, we get first downs a lot and touchdowns a lot. So they kept doing it more and, and it works. Uh, it doesn't work enough, 
but I mean, maybe when your defense doesn't give up 37 points, uh, you'll have a chance uh, to win. Well, but you know what? Here's the thing too, bro. Like you got to think about it this like, and that's the thing you mentioned James Robinson. Urban Meyer is probably getting fired after they lose next week uh, in London. Basically, if they lose in London next week, he's in probably London? fired. Because uh, oh, after, joke. because <laughs> because uh, after that they have the bye week and that's a great opportunity and they look terrible and here's and and the greatest example of like well I mean they're just bad Connor what do you want them to do James Robinson clicking on all cylinders goal line opportunity fourth and goal you going for it like oh my one God, or two what Carlos Hyde where the hell is who is Carlos Hyde paying to get all these carries, so, what footage does he have of Urban? Uh, I don't even know how Carl Hyde is doing it anymore because I was going to say what footage does he have of Urban Meyer, but it feels like the Urban oh, Meyer footage has been released. That already happened. So how is he still getting – at this point, it's like, well, then give James Robinson the carries. He already, uh, he already put out the blackmail. Yeah, I mean – Is think, there more? He already leaked it. Yeah, there's there's uh, extra backroom footage uh, from. I was gonna say, is there one of him like you know, like I don't know, straddling a actual horse in a sexual manner? I don't know what else there is. I mean, it's Jacksonville, dude. That's not even nobody judges that there. They would just be like Duval, Duval, Duval. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love chanting that. I can't lie. I know it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, those those folks, they they do their thing down there. Um. But I do just want to say, you know, the word on the street about that was that they just decided this is going to be Carlos Hyde's drive. And let's just see what we have in Carlos Hyde. And we'll give James Robinson the rest of the game. But like, you know, instead of like sort of doing that thing where you like just like give Hyde like one snap out of every like five, we're just going to just give him this one drive. And that was just what they were going to commit to. And so they just didn't un like urban Meyer was just sticking to his guns when he left him in there. He's like, I'm going to trust my process. And yeah, that was a foolish mistake. And it cost you the game because the, the momentum could have swung your way at that point. And it surely did not. And, you know, that's the type of thing he's going to have to learn uh, to move past if he's going to make it in the NFL, because when you do that, I mean, Bill Belichick does that all the time in preseason games. He'll say like, oh, we're not going to pass until you get three first downs on the ground. And if it takes us to the third quarter, so be it. You know, but that's in the preseason. When it comes time for the game, I think we all know he's going to do whatever it takes to win, you know? And and this was just this was just bullshit football. Um, well, uh, just just to say that someone who relies on a plan like that and to be like, oh, well, we're just and doesn't have the nuance to do this kind of thing, you know why you rely on plans? Because you don't trust yourself to be smart enough to make the right decision. Right. Because you know you're not. So at least he's oh. self-aware enough to know he sucks. Right. New England versus Houston, 25 to 22 New England. Ooh, way to slide out of what could have been a nightmare, buddy. Oh, wow. my God. Can you imagine? This was a weird game, dude. Davis Mills was chucking up fucking nothing balls left and right that were coming down in the hands of his receivers behind the defense and they were just strolling into the end zone left and right i was like this is like not like this doesn't make any fundamental sense like he should be getting picked the the, trevor lawrence got picked three times in the first week making way better and more precise throws than those were exactly um so it was just like weird it was the weirdest thing Uh, and and there's just like so much weirdness going on the uh, first three 
touchdowns of the game, uh, the kickers missed the extra points. It was two for Houston and one for the Patriots. All three first extra points were missed. Um, it was very strange there. And then there was like a punt, weird punt block, yeah. kind of fake out thing that happened there. I didn't really kind of even process the whole moment because it flashed by on the red zone pretty quickly. Um, but I yeah, would just I say it, also what? fun little fun little Mac Jones stat thing as mm. well that you can always rely on. If you want to know how many yards he threw, all you have to do is take how many passes he threw and put a zero behind. <laughs> and then that's how that time every time he'll be 27 of something for 270. This time he's 23 of 30 for 230. Whatever he's uh, that's how he is. It's chip chip out on the old block, baby. Four yarders to Aguilar, six yarders to and it's, here's the other thing if you do a double tight end offense, those are kind of the passes you're supposed to be throwing. So I get it, it makes sense. That's those are the players you signed, right? But right, it's it's not. Long-term sustainable, particularly I, I. Yes, this is what I always do. Every team I evaluate you by your division opponents. Can you beat them? Because you—that's what you got to do to win it, to win a playoff spot and win, get some games at home. And I'm just like, can you beat Josh Allen with that kind of offense? With Josh Allen, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, we are uh, playing Dak next week, so that'll be really, really interesting to see if. You know, I think J.C. Jackson like got caught sleeping or something. I almost, like, there was a weird thing because the Patriots traded Stephon Gilmore for a sixth this past week. I was almost wondering if there was, like, a protest going on in the cornerback room. They were like, hey, that's our friend. You sent out of town. We're going to give you a dud game, you know? I don't, was, but then they were like, oh, but we can't lose to Houston. No, yeah. hold on. We, uh, we'll give you a dud, but we're, we're going to give, give you that. 320 passing yards and a touchdown, uh, three touchdowns, but we will not lose. <laughs> Listen, we're not that, we're not that angry. Um, yeah. Uh, Whatever. I mean, Houston, dude, it's like they continue to just kind of be bad as you think, but every bit like us in real life bad. Like they're not going to win any games, but they are just like not a joke like they in the game they're not pathetic you know even though they do lose now again i'm gonna flash the signal here this is david cully okay he's a special teams type guy all right he's got a they got a good toughness on their defensive situation now i'm telling you right now keegan hear me now quote me if, if you're nick casario you got something you got something here i like this david cully guy okay <laughs> now get an offensive coordinator to coach up davis mills i'm telling you get an oc in this book because it ain't david it ain't special teams coordinator david cully i'm telling you right now it ain't yeah. him so get an offensive coordinator pay as much money as you need to it's houston you can just say no taxes all right just pay as much as you need to but get an offensive coordinator in that building because you could have something here you know brandon cooks is still a nice weapon you can have a lot of picks to fill up the cupboard there's a lot of teams that have that, uh, you know, they have that ability. I like what I saw from Dave Mills. You know, you keep that up. Stanford they're, is a tough place to play. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, they're not, they're, I don't know what to say about them. I don't know that even, I don't think Davis Mills is the answer, but maybe, you know, who knows? We say he just did this. Um, it could be, I'm saying, whoever the answer is, is needs a better offensive coach. Yeah, if this team is going to succeed. Um, Bears beat the Raiders 20 to 9. Uh, let's just skip this one. It's pretty lame. So, I, that, 
John Gruden sucks, and we'll just leave it. John Gruden uh, is Matt a shitty person. Sucks. Okay. And John Gruden is probably actually a shitty person in real life. Okay. Oh, anyway, go ahead. Well, yes. Um, hey, come on, man. Hey, hey, man. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. Okay. Uh, Brown. <laughs> now, now I kind of feel like I'm not allowed to laugh at it anymore. <laughs> now it feels kind of minstrelly. I'm like, I don't know. One of my um, favorite impressions is ruined. God damn you, Gruden. All right. Sorry. <laughs> so the Chargers beat the Browns 47 to 42. This was an insane game. The Browns held the ball for the entire first half helped by the fact that the Chargers bombed a one-play touchdown to Mike Williams for a million yards. Um, then it, the they how many points were put up in the last two minutes of this game? Because Austin Eckler, I am an Austin Eckler fantasy owner, and he had not had a touchdown the entire game, and he had three by the end of the fourth quarter. Um, so this was crazy. Uh, I can tell you that he had he had one at seven twenty four, three fifteen, and one thirty one last to the four. Fucking insane! The last one he gave up a touchdown before on the play before that because he wanted to let the clock keep running, and then he ran again and he tried to give it up again, and the defense picked him up and walked him into the end zone so they could get the ball back. I mean. As a fantasy owner, it, there's that's the absolute fucking dream. It's like, no, I don't want a hat trick. Yes, you do. The defense says it. Uh, <laughs> You're getting one, bro. Yeah. Keegan needs points. Yeah, that's they were thinking of me. Um, uh, Baker did his thing, you know, 305 and 2. Uh, Nick Chubb, very good. Kareem Hunt, very good. David Njoku. How about David Njoku breaking loose in this one? For seven receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. That's pretty fun. They That's haven't really found a way to like, yeah. utilize him correctly up till now. Um, I think the biggest thing I want to say about this game is I love the Chargers. I love what they're doing. I love their offense. I love their defense. I don't know even what their new coach's name is. Uh, who is he? Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Brandon Staley. Yeah, Staley. Uh, who who cares? You know, I don't know. I don't I don't care about him, but I like what he's doing. Um, Mike Williams, eight receptions, one hundred and sixty-five and two. Austin Eckler with the with over a hundred yards and three touchdowns from scrimmage. Uh, Justin Herbert, three ninety-eight uh, through the air and four touchdowns. Like this team is for real, dude. Look out, Kansas City, because the Chargers may have just supplanted you in real time, dude. Um, and by the way, with this offense, let's point out Brandon Staley is, is a defensive guy, right? He was the he was a he was a college guy forever. He's a linebackers outside linebackers coach mm-hmm. in 2017 and 18 for the Bears, then in 19 for the Broncos, and then 2020 D coordinator for the Rams. So he's a defensive guy, and they're putting up these 47 game wonders because Justin Herbert's running the that. That is exactly what you're asked for. Absolutely, dude. He, he, hear me now. This is I. I'm gonna put my flag in the ground on this. I think of all the great quarterbacks we've seen drafted in the past three, four years. Uh, I think we might. I think Justin Herbert might be the best one since Josh Allen. I think it might be jo- Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert as the best quarterback. I mean, maybe Kyler. Maybe you throw Kyler up in there, depending on what he what he keeps doing. Uh, but, dude, I think he's for real. 
and I love him. I love what he's dishing out. I actually had a chance to see him when he was at Oregon. I uh, was living in Portland, and I drove down to uh, Eugene. Is it Eugene? I think it is. <laughs> Not yet. To watch the uh, to watch the the Ducks play, and he uh, it was a pretty exciting game. Actually, it was a back and forth game, and he led the led them to a victory on the final drive, a game winning field goal, which was kind of anticlimactic, but hey, they won. Um. Anyway, uh, well, I like just but I'll I'll just I'll just tell you I'll just tell you this by the way, in terms of whether coaching matters or not, in terms of all that success, who's the offensive coordinator? Joe Lombardi. Who's Joe Lombardi? Connor, who's Joe Lombardi? I don't know Connor, Joe Lombardi. Connor, Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi was the quarterbacks coach for the Saints for years, for like ten years. He was a like quarterbacks coach slash offensive coordinator, but Sean Payton is the offensive coordinator, so that's the that's right. that's why he's not. He wasn't actually, but in the Saints offense, the quarterbacks court coach was essentially the offensive coordinator, uh, and he was so he was the offensive coordinator of the Saints forever. And now all of a sudden he gets an, they get an, they get an, it's interesting. You get an explosive OC and a defensive coach. Oh, interesting. And a talented young roster. Oh, interesting. Coaching and players come together and it works. Wow. And the Browns are another example of that, frankly. Uh, But I mean, listen, you know, you got to be really, really excited for Justin Herbert because, you know, the, the thing that sucks the most for me, and it's kind of the trap of the draft, right? Is like all these great players, going all these terrible teams. And, you know, like you said, he was a guy who was playing in the national spotlight in Pac-10 games. I saw him too. He was fun. He was exciting. And it's one of those guys who are like, I just hope he doesn't get screwed over. You know, Joe Burrow's the same way. And I'm, I'm glad to see that that's not the case because, you know, the Chargers have been suspect in some ways uh, mm-hmm. for a while during the Phillip Rivers reign and all that. So, you know, I mean, they had they were fun in the, like Ladanian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates days, but I mean, yeah, beyond that, it's been kind of uh, suspect. So I'm glad that they're you know revamping as an organization and doing the right things and hiring the right people because it it, it takes that too, and you know you're going to need that to compete with. I I always think it's good to have a team like a Kansas City in your division, so that you're always competing against this amazing team. You're always trying to top yourself. And it's not only are you topping yourself against the Chiefs, by extension, you're topping yourself against everyone else in the league. So I like yeah. them. They're aggressive. And that's, oh, that's yeah. important. And this is, I mean, if they can, they can bull rush the Chiefs here and legitimately put a, get a couple games ahead of them in the division, it might be, it, they might be off to the races. Like they might be able to project themselves past where the Chiefs can catch up, take the division, which no one thought would happen. And then once they're in the playoffs, dude, this is a strong team. And like, I have a, I have a theory working that the truly great quarterbacks, the sophomore year is when they, they, they have all the momentum behind them and the power to win that Super Bowl. Because I just, uh, if we, if you look just at Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, you see this kind of like fiery first season with a ton of potential, but a rookie quarterback almost never wins the super bowl so they did not but but then by the by the sophomore year it's like oh shit this is like the the steamrolling season and this might be might be justin herbert's time i don't know um i don't think that's a bad take at all i might even support it let's go put some money on the chargers is what i'm saying um so let's talk about the giants and the cowboys uh we don't have to too long other than the real headline of this game was the giants 
died. Every single player on the Giants was injured in this game. The, so Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton were injured coming into the game. And then we lost Kenny Galladay. Saquon Barkley got his ankle rolled up on a freak. Like a guy just stepped on him. Just like ran into him and stepped on his ankle and got fucked up. And Daniel Jones tried to quarterback sneak into the end zone and got concussed. And so by the end of the game, oh, and then Kadarius Tony was the only wide receiver out there and they got ejected for punching a guy. So literally by the end of the game, it was Mike Glennon and nobody. Very interesting kind of sequence of events. Um, but but on the Cowboys side, it's like, yeah, they're just doing their thing. They're pretty good. They're a pretty good football team. Pretty good offense. Pretty interesting defense. Trevon Diggs. Tre, Trevon? Trevion? Trev, no, no, I'm doing Trayvon it. Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs. That's what you always do. So now you've got me doing it. Um, Trevon Diggs has not, not had a pick yet. He has a pick in every game this season. So that's very exciting. Um, let's move on to the Cardinals and 49ers. Way more defensive than we all thought. The Cardinals still were in control the entire time, even though the final score is 17 to 10. Um, it's, you know, it's not... Uh, the Cardinals were in control the whole time. The Niners looked overmatched. They were starting Trey Lance. Trey Lance had a couple of cool moments, but overall just does not look ready for prime time yet. Um, this is a situation, I think, where you get Jimmy back as fast as possible. You go, oh, yeah, no, we only had to do it because of the injury. And you let Trey sit for several more weeks because this was not – I don't think you want to run him out there against this division. Yeah, and I mean, well, I mean, you kind of figure you want what you want to play a defensive game against a rookie quarterback who's kind of starting on the fly. It seems like like every indication out of San Francisco, which I don't understand why you would ever do this, right? I guess maybe just to lower expectations as much as possible. So I guess I think it makes sense. But it was all all the indications were like, oh, they weren't ready for Trey Lance to start. Oh, this isn't that good. Oh boy. And meanwhile, it was like, oh, I think he looks fine. I don't know if he looks amazing you know it, it was he had good down. moments that's what i'm saying there that's was exactly. one pass did you catch the pass where he snuck it in on the sideline it was like a third and short and he passed yeah. out to the sideline and he snuck in this like perfect ball to the only tiny pinpoint hole where it could possibly go uh to convert but but overall uh kyler and the and the Cardinals are the team to beat right now. They are the last five and O team, the last undefeated team, and they are so stellar. Um, I'll just say this though: if Arizona is going to win games with their defense, with the offense that they have, that's the team you should be putting your Super Bowl money on, folks. Because that's yeah, a seriously. problem. That's an issue. That, that offense with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, who by the way has been contributing a lot more than you noticed this year. You know, and and Christian Kirk's always around. Rondale Moore's a little gadget player. Chase Edmonds, James Connors, more than capable of coming in when Chase Edmonds gets hurt. It's just crazy. Um, so the big show, the uh, coup de gras, uh, if you will, of this week. Oh yes, the best of the best was the primetime night game. Uh, Bills versus Chiefs. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh, obviously the Chiefs are always favored in every matchup, uh, but maybe not going forward because Ooh. they are ass this year. Um, Seems to be. The final scoreline was 38-20. to 20, Bills over the Chiefs. 
And once again, we've seen this several times uh, now. We saw this against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Uh, it did not even look, not only was it not the super dominant Chiefs offense, offense we've been used to since Pat Mahomes took over back there, but it's not even a regular offense. Like, this looks like a desperate, um, like, Patrick Mahomes looks like he made a deal with the devil that for two years, everything he threw up was going to come down for a 70-yard touchdown. And and now it's like he's, like, throwing the same balls up, expecting the same result. And it's instead turning into turnovers, picks, drops, and, and you know, just overthrows that don't pan out. I mean, it, it never seemed possible what he was doing. Is this just – did we just see a ridiculously long, like, fluke over the past couple of years? And this is them coming back down to earth? Or do they just need to – get that O-line working and it'll all click again? Like, are the defenses figuring them out? What is going on here? Well, I think it's a few things. So I think, first of all, the offense is sort of forcing it because they the, the, the defense has reached a level of bad that was not – that it was, it was – it's destructive bad. It's putting them in situations where they have to score every time bad. Right. right. The defense was not this bad last year or the year before. The defense was actually pretty good. It, it really only has to be, like, top 20. That's really all it has to be at the end of the day. Yeah. For this for this off, for this this off offense to be to have it good enough. It'll be harder. It'd be nice to have a top 10. But it's really just got to be top 20. Even, frankly, top 22, 23 might even be able to win. Yeah. But they are one of the third, one of the top worst defense. They are at Jets, Jaguars level of defense. And yeah, I mean, and and I think what's happening, you know, I I, frankly, it it doesn't seem like anybody's beaten them with anything that's different from say what the Bucks beat them with, which is just we're just gonna make you play man to man, and we're just gonna make you go down the field as slowly as possible, and eventually Patrick Mahomes is gonna make a mistake because that's how he does. He plays a gambling man. He likes to do gambling. It's like all right, well, so if I if I make you gamble four times, versus I make you gamble eighteen times. Well, I got a good chance of soaking you up one of yep. those one of those eighteen times, and so that's that's just the plan. And it's, it's hard because so they have such great receivers, but it's like if you have the personnel and the Bills' defense, that's secondary. If you think about Poirier, Tre'Davious White, uh, Micah Hyde, right? They got a lot of strong uh, veteran guys in the secondary that can hold up. And listen, we gave a lot of smack. I I, I know that I specifically gave a lot of smack to the Bills uh, for their draft picks. Gregory Rousseau with a huge leaping, uh, leaping uh, swat and pick to basically end the game. Yeah. I mean, that was an excellent play. So, you know, props to him. And that's the whole point of getting a yeah, – that's why I liked him. I didn't like him for the Bills, but I do I did like him because he's freaking 6'7". He can do shit like that. Oh, I mean, my gosh. He's physically insane to watch. Um, so incredible stuff. But I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say this to you. You know, I'll, 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 I'll throw this out there, and I want, I want you to know this. You know, I'm always the odds guy. You know, I'm the guy yeah. who, but I'm I'm the guy like I, I like doing the betting and all that stuff. Which, by the way, I think I think I think everyone in this in this uh, here in the chat should know that you know, right now the Cardinals are at plus fourteen hundred still to win the Super Bowl. I got them at plus thirty three hundred to win the Super Bowl, and I'm going to tell you right now, you should be hitting that plus fourteen hundred. That's still way too low because the Cardinals are a great bet to win the Super Bowl. So fine. So but besides for that advice, if you look at the betting odds, dude. 
the Chiefs have gone from plus 500 to plus 750, and the Bills have gone from plus 1,000 to plus 550. And I think it's interesting now. So we've got a situation now. The Buccaneers and the Bills are favored above them, but the Kansas City Chiefs are still the third favorite team to win the Super Bowl, despite the fact they're two and three. You've got teams like the Rams, the Ravens, the Packers, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Chargers, all behind them. I'm not sure why. I couldn't tell you why. The Chargers are at plus 1,600. I might have to go and put some money on that right now after this I, podcast. I want, a, I want Charger money. We, we should, well, let's talk about that. Let's go in on that together. That's what we're, um, we're going to do. We're going to have a pod, This is going to become a betting podcast. Also. Yeah, I mean, we're going to hit up frankly, the Chargers. The Chargers everybody the else is going to leave these odds on the table. <laughs> Um, I mean, seriously, well, how, how, are the, how are the Chiefs plus well, 750 at two and three? It's a, it's a symptom of we all spent time over the past couple of years betting against Patrick Mahomes at some point or another going, the way this looks, there's no way it's real. And it kept being real and kept being real and kept proving us wrong. And everybody we rooted for to beat the Chiefs at any point, if your team ever came up against them, lost, you know, and at this point you're like okay i get it he's god i'll just bet i'll bet on him until something else happens and um you know as a as a former patriots fan, i mean as a patriots fan who was you know formerly the fan of one of these big dynasties you know i can tell you i was pretty pretty convinced this was going to be the next dynasty but but this this uh sort of crack in their arm this like shattering of their facade almost is is very surprising to me one thing i think was interesting that i want to point out about this game the leaders in rushing yards was the quarterbacks on both sides it was josh allen with 11 carries 59 and a touchdown and patrick Mahomes with eight carries and 61 uh we did see clyde edwards alaire get knocked out of this game uh pretty ugly he got carted off uh, or he got carried off yeah wow well, um, yeah pretty in a pretty ugly manner um, but I think both these teams need running backs, yo. <laughs> I think they that's need them real bad. seeing exposed by this fact in the stats is like neither of these teams trusted a running back to get more than 60 yards. Like, that's not good. You need that to, to go far in the playoffs. And meanwhile, the Steelers managed to get Najee, and they're going to keep him on the, you know, out of the playoffs it's just it's it's frustrating because you wanted the bills to trade and get Najee so bad um but uh yeah so that's that's what i have to say about that game uh we're going going pretty long here is there anything else you want to say to the fans or shall we uh call it there well i just want to start off by saying that you know at the end of the day i i want to just make one message clear all right the gamblers don't get it and i i just this is a gambling related message now now, I haven't bet any games in uh, football yet this year at all. I did the Super Bowl odds at the end. Um, but I'm officially letting people know that starting next week, I'm going to start betting games. And so on this podcast, I will uh, start to give you some of my uh, bet. So at the end of this little uh, section here, maybe I can, uh, I'll can i give you some of my uh, favorite bets right here at the end. So I'm going to reserve this spot in the future. I'm going to prepare some things maybe or figure some things out but i think in the future i'll start giving you guys some of my best bets because i think now is about the time where you really have a good sense of teams and you can actually make some educated guesses when you get early in the season you really don't know anybody yet and you're just kind of still trying to figure it out and the weird things like the saints packers game happens i think now we're about at that equilibrium so if you want to hear if you want to get in on these bets you want to start thinking about that 
that's something to check uh you know our instagram for it's something to listen to this podcast for and it's one of the many reasons that fall by football is great so watch out for that yeah i mean that's gonna be a great hook for us fall back football we make you money well no guarantees of that but you know uh, the segment will be called you bet you bet you there it is all right there it is folks we're gonna get it we're gonna get a whole thing you bet you bet so uh-huh. he's gonna be like, you got one thing left to say, Connor. I'm like, oh, you bet. You bet I do. And then that'll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, folks. That's thank it. you so much. That'll do it. Uh, like and subscribe. Ring the bell. Get those extra episodes. And as always, we will see you next time. Uh-huh.